So there's an opportunity in this game. And if the Cowboys play the Vikings like they played everybody else, they're giving the Vikings an opportunity for something real, real special. Let me explain here on the Locked on Vikings podcast. You are Locked on Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. This episode of Locked On Vikings is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. So today is the final day we get to preview the Cowboys until they play on Halloween. Happy Halloween in advance to everybody. Um, So we've already talked a little bit about their run game and stopping power. That was Wednesday's show. If you want to check that out, we crossed over with Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys yesterday. And in that conversation, he kind of caught me off guard um, because I had come to the assumption that Dan Quinn, being a Pete Carroll disciple and considering he ran this everywhere else, including Dallas last year, um, was a cover three zone spot drop coordinator, like so many others from the Pete Carroll tree. Um, this is wrong. I was wrong about that. Marcus corrected me. They are now a cover one aggressive blitz team. So the difference between cover three and cover one is um, the number of deep defenders. When you hear cover three, cover two, cover one, cover four, that's how, that refers to how many deep defenders there are. So in cover one, there's one deep safety and everybody else plays man to man. Cover one is a man to man coverage. Um, and what that means, I mean, do the math there, right? Let's say you have the normal four people rushing. That's four players. You have your one deep safety. That's five players. Um, you have five players playing man-to-man on every skill player, right? Assuming all those guys run routes. That's 10 players. and You got one guy left over. And the strength of cover one is that that guy can do a number of things. He can be a safety. That's robbing, um, which means it's like a robber zone, which you can kind of infer what that means. He's trying to jump a route and pick off the ball. Um, you can have a linebacker play a rat, which is very similar. You're trying to pick off the, the ball, but you're lining up as a linebacker. You're trying to drop into the hole, rat in the hole. That's where that comes from. You can have that guy blitz. You can have that guy double cover someone. Um, there's a lot of flexibility to cover one. The thing about cover one is that is it is a man-to-man defense. And that offers some opportunities because if you are playing cover one, a lot of guys are going to be in one-to-one, one-on-one, man-to-man. That's hard for a cornerback. Like, that's a difficult assignment for a cornerback. Um, And that is an opportunity, obviously, for Justin Jefferson to go one-on-one, Adam Thielen, you know, even K.J. Osborne up against the slot corner, you know. Um, Now, they have Trevon Diggs, who is a very good cornerback. He's gotten an interception in every game, um, and he's very aggressive. He will jump a route, and he, he will play trail position, which is essentially you're kind of playing behind a guy. And there's a lot of reasons to play trail position. Like it looks like you're beat, but you do it on purpose. And one of the reasons are if you know help is coming over on that side of the field, if you know that there's a zone that you're kind of chasing him into and you don't need to be in front, all you have to do is make sure that they can't throw behind the guy. um, And, you know, you can kind of play zone that way. Um, Also, if you are playing against, say, a crossing route or a dig over the middle, something where the the receiver is running over the middle, you play trail position 
to um, kind of bait the quarterback into throwing that. And then if you have another gear of speed, and Trevon Diggs does, um, you can jump that route. If you have that burst to do it, you can accelerate and jump the route and go be in better position than the quarterback thought you could be. Um, and he's gotten interceptions that way. Now, he's also been beat going for interceptions, um, and he's given up a lot of yards and a lot of big plays, and that's that comes with the territory. And Marcus kind of described that yesterday and kind of said, but, you know, we're okay with it. Obviously, the interception is going to be a much bigger play than if he gives up, you know, a couple of 40, you know, a couple of 20 yarders. Um, that's fine. But again, opportunity here. Um, or if you don't want to mess with it, everybody else is one-on-one too. But they aren't an exclusively cover one team. They will play, you know, uh, more normal coverages and stuff. But really where they play number uh, cover one is when they blitz. So when Marcus told me yesterday that he was that the Cowboys are like a, an aggressive blitzy team. I was like, that's interesting. I never really heard that about the Cowboys before. So I went back and I watched their two most blitz-heavy games, at least for PFF, which is uh, the Chargers and the Panthers game, week two, week four. And in those games, almost every blitz was cover one. Um, straight up, man-to-man, one deep safety, blitz a guy, maybe blitz another guy. Um, depend Kind of depends on if they keep in extra blockers, you send extra blitzers. Um, and that's a key that you can have your defenders uh, kind of read and react. So that's really interesting because cover one blitzes are pretty vanilla and their, their blitzes are pretty vanilla and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, sometimes simple is better. It's easier to execute. It's executed faster. A lot of the, the the Vikings blitzes are anything but vanilla Vikings that do the craziest, wackiest blitzes ever. This is what Zimmer's known for. Um, And sometimes they can take a little bit too long to develop and you can get got that way. That's kind of the give and take. Um, but they'll get home and they'll get unblocked. They'll generate unblocked players a lot more often. Like almost no unblocked players got pressures on blitzes with the Cowboys in those two games. And one of those offensive lines was Carolina uh, with, you know, all the problems that the Vikings gave to Carolina in pressure uh, right on the other side of the bye. That should probably tell you something. Um, and the, the Cowboys defense hasn't been good. Now the run defense has struggled a lot too. Um, their interior and everything has not been as good, but I'm more focused on that pass defense because, you know, that's where the game's going to be decided, I think. Um, and you know, of course you're going to have to, especially in, you know, a two minute drill, which let's be honest, it's coming down to a two minute drill. We just know it is. That's when the blitzes are going to come out. But if they're playing cover one blitzes all the time, that's man to man. And you can do what's called a green apple look. Now, I've described green apple looks a million times on the show here. They're just a uh, sort of key that Kirk Cousins can see, and if he pulls the trigger on it, it sort of nukes the rest of the play, and it's like kind of built into plays where, hey, if you see this one-on-one matchup that you like, go take it. There's a go route built in, and it's kind of a, a check built into the play. Um, and I'll explain more about it to you. If you aren't familiar with it, it's something that I learned about this offseason from a clinic, um, and it's just something that's in uh, Kirk Cousins' like, checklist before a play um and i think this is a really 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 good game to kind of go over what those are in detail um but first this episode of locked on vikings brought to you by mcdonald's proudly serving communities since 1965 i feel like when it comes to like road trips or high school or you know at where you would like go meet up after a game or whatever i feel like we all have more memories at a mcdonald's than we really think but when you think about it It is kind of a place where you can go after a game. You can all hang out, get a McFlurry, chill. It's a place to stop off at a road trip. It finds its way into all those beautiful little memories. So head on over to your local McDonald's to refuel and connect. Thank you so much to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. 
Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Now, let me talk to you a little bit about Cover 1 before we get to your bold predictions. Don't you think I forgot? Your bold predictions are coming up. So Cover 1 is a very, very simple defense. It's a man-to-man defense. you got man-to-man across the board with two zones, usually one deep one and one underneath one that's trying to jump a route or pick something off or trick the quarterback, uh, be it a rat or a robber. Functionally, they're they're very similar things. Um what usually that means is that the the matchups between the wide receiver and the cornerback are really important. And by the way, for a visual of all of this, if you're watching on YouTube, it's all up on the screen. If not, I'll be descriptive as possible. Don't worry about it. Um, so one big advantage of this is a lot of the time you will get one uh, corner playing off, one co- corner playing press. Um I mean, sometimes you get everybody in press or everybody playing off, depends on down and distance and stuff and whatever the defense wants to do there. But between playing off and press, that kind of gives you a chance to audible into stuff. Now, forget the the green apple look thing, which I'll explain in a little bit. Um, but if you have a corner playing, you know, nine yards off, just throw smoke to him. And all smoke means is you just take the snap, you turn it and you throw um, really good out of shotgun, for example. And if the corner's playing press, for example, well... You get somebody like Justin Jefferson against a corner playing press, even if that guy's Trevon Diggs. What you can do is have that guy just run a go route up the sideline, run straight, go deep. We've seen Justin Jefferson catch that ball a million times, right? And a lot of times it is this call. So Green Apple is the way that I've learned to call it. It's not the word the Vikings use. I don't know what the word the Vikings use, but I got that word from Andrew Ginoco, uh, quarterback's coach currently, who did a clinic on Coach Dude that kind of told me about this this detail. And it's been a really fun detail to cover throughout the season, so I've been talking about it a lot. Um, But basically that means, hey, if you see one-on-one in a look that we like, just take it. It is is kind of carte blanche for Kirk Cousins to take a deep pass if he wants it. Um, and it's not always a go ball, but it very frequently is. If you see the cornerback, maybe he's playing with a little bit of inside leverage. Maybe he's cheating to the inside a little little bit. Maybe he wants to cheat toward the run game a little bit or something like that. Um, and you know that the wide receiver, be it Jefferson or Thielen or shoot, even KJ Osborne, I think is starting to earn this trust, um, can just like release to the outside and go get them, uh, and go get a, a really big play. Then that's awesome. Go just do it. And whatever was over on the other side with, you know, real complicated play calls and stuff, and it was a read and stuff, Kirk Cousins has uh, carte blanche to abandon that progression and just go for the ball. But that's not always a go ball. Sometimes that's smoke, like I just described. If you've got a one-on-one, it's very clearly a one-on-one, let's say um, that the safety is one of the safeties is in the box there's only one high safety and you kind of know that it's a true one-on-one you can audible into uh smoke or something like it that will kind of take advantage of all of that cushion and then you have this like one-on-one and we saw adam thielen get a huge play on that um against carolina uh and the other thing you can potentially audible to is some kind of slant something over the middle um you can always switch to some kind of screen or, you know, whatever you think the the thing uh, is, is worth. But what's really nice about these green apple looks is that the Cowboys play into it a lot. And it doesn't seem like they have a lot built in to prevent Kirk Cousins from, say, looking off the safety, um, you know, move his eyes over to the right, the safety moves to the right. And then suddenly, if you've got a one-on-one on the left, that one-on-one is true. And the safety can't get involved in the play and go pick it off, you know, play underneath it. That old Anthony Harris play he was so good at. Um, you know, you want to 
You don't want to do that, but Kirk Cousins can literally three-step drop and pass it. And that really helps because if the the other team's blitzing, if all their extra defenders are coming, um, three-step drop and throw a go ball is a great blitz counter because there's no way they're getting to you on a three-step drop. And if they're sending defenders, that means it's that much more likely for the one-on-one you think you see on the outside to truly be a one-on-one. There's nothing tricky going on. Toss it up. Now, I think when Marcus said this yesterday, go listen to that crossover. It was a great crossover because when Marcus said that, I was like, wait, what? They're going to play cover one? That that seems completely beyond the pale to me if they were going to play cover one and blitz the Vikings a lot. The Vikings had a sequence earlier in this year where they crushed a heavy blitz package uh, game plan from Seattle. Seattle tried to send everything at them and they killed it. And then Cleveland, well, now Cleveland has twice the D-line of anybody. Like their D-line's insane, right? So they can afford to rush for and play man-to-man coverage. Um, And that crushed the Vikings offense. So the fact that the Cowboys now the Cowboys have some good passers. They have Randy Gregory. They got Osa. They've got, you know, lots of good. Micah Parsons has been good. So they do have a pretty good front four and the Vikings will have to block it up a little bit. But if they're going to just rush for and play man or if they're going to play, you know, cover one, um, you know, really vanilla blitzes and all that stuff, it's going to get them got. Um, And I. I, I, for some reason, I just, I don't, I, I see a very easy path to victory if the Cowboys do that. Now, the Cowboys could very easily say, hey, we're doing a bunch of cover two today. Um, you know, they, they have a fairly young defense, but not that young a defense. They all know what to do. So I, there's a chance, right? Um, on the other side of the ball, again, we talked about the run game and, and kind of how important it is to beat power without giving up a bunch of one on ones in, in your own right. Because Mike McCarthy, and I guess by extension, Kellen Moore, he loves one-on-ones go back to 2009 in green bay like he loves one-on-ones um and and testing those one-on-ones and when we got cam dancer and bashad Breland one-on-one if they're in pure man coverage i don't know if they're going to hold up so what you need to do is stop that run game and, and prevent those one-on-ones on the outside that's a huge thing i do not want to see cd lamb manned up with cameron dancer and see cameron dancer get cooked that to me would be a miss on the coaching staff and a miss on Cameron Dantzler too for not being a better player, but the coaching staff needs to account for all that stuff. So that'd be a miss for me. So I still have all of your bold predictions. We still have bold predictions from the Panthers game to go over. Some of you got close, uh, but first let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Built Bar is absolutely delicious stuff covered in 100% chocolate. Comes in nine main series flavors, including chocolate caramel, chocolate uh, cherry, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate mint, all sorts of delicious stuff. Uh, and it is, sounds like a candy bar, right? Sounds like you're cheating. Want chocolate peanut butter? I'm, a, I'm, I'm trying to lose or maintain weight. I'm trying to do keto, something like that. Worry not. It has like four grams of sugar and then like 17 packed, 17 grams of protein in that bad boy. So go to builtbar.com, get the sampler. That's what I recommend. It's two of each of their nine main series flavors, but some other limited time flavors come around the website as well. So go to built.com or builtbar.com still works, I believe. Uh, and you can enter promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You can get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all one word at built.com. Are you ready to get bold? <laughs> it is time for the bold predictions. Thank you all so much for sending in all the bold predictions that you sent in. But first, before we get to all of your new submissions, we got to talk about week six. We got to talk about the Panthers game. Bold predictions got to go back and check in on those. First one came from Kyle Slaby. Only one to hit on a bold prediction, which he did back in week two. Uh, He said that there will be more collective yards on offense for both teams combined than the distance in miles between the two stadiums, which was 1,166 miles. We came short of that by about 300, but that's closer 
than we thought. It was 877, so less than 300, actually, which is a lot closer than I thought you would get. <laughs> so that was that was a good one. Uh, JC Goosen said, Kirk has one of those fumbles advanced in the end zone by a Derisaw, which would be a penalty and a safety. I said I would give you any Derisaw cause safety, but there were no safeties in the whole game, and Derisaw had a pretty good day anyways. Forrester said the Vikings have more return yards than Darnold had's passing yards. So this was actually live for a while in the game. And then at the end, the the Sam Darnold drives at the end kind of cooked it. But they did have a total of 75 yards. And Darnold was like below that for a while. Uh, he ends up with 207 yards on the day, though. So didn't end up very close, but it was it was live for longer than it should have been. Uh, TMT1496 said one of our offensive players gets a pick. We did not get there. Um, there was a pick, but it was Bashad Breland. Troy MCC said that the Vikings would choose to rush on at least 10 second and long plays. He, he defined second and long by eight plus yards. So I counted four of them. Your definition got you here. Uh, second and seven plus counting as long. They actually had like three. You still wouldn't have gotten a bet. You would have gotten a lot closer. I don't even think they had 10 second and long situations, let alone 10 second and long runs. And I believe on these second and long runs, they did pass more than they ran, though. Some of those passes were like short smoke and like kind of halfway runs that are passes and screens and stuff. So uh, eh, better in spirit, but still not the greatest. Bradley Knorr said both Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond have a rushing touchdown. Kellen Mond wasn't active, so you didn't get there and no Kirk Cousins rushing touchdown either. But let's move on to the week eight bold predictions. I'm looking for good prop bets, you know, good, really like wacky things. Uh, that are unlikely enough to happen. So, James Kunow said Ryan Connolly returns a two-point conversion interception back for a pick-two against the Dallas offense. Um, so, you were very specific with this. You don't. I don't think you needed to be as specific, so I'm going to open it up for you. Don't need it to be Ryan Connolly. I don't need it to be the Dallas offense. Um, I don't need it to be on a two-point conversion attempt or an interception. I will take any pick-two, uh, any defensive two the other way. So, I will even take a blocked extra point return, which I believe would count. Um, I will, I'll take, I'll take any defensive two and, and you will get this because that is exactly the kind of chaotic crap that would happen in a Dallas Sunday night football game with the Vikings. Ted Glover said Kirk will th throw more touchdown passes to the Cowboys than he will the Vikings. Um, I figured I had to get the like Trevon Diggs thing in here somewhere. A lot of people had Trevon Diggs related ones, obviously, because we had his brother for so long and stuff and that he's kind of an, an it figure for the Cowboys this year. Uh, that he's, you know, gotten an interception in like every game and he's gotten all these pick sixes and these crazy game swinging plays. Um, but the thing is, this could be, you know, throw one pick six and then the, the offense could score four touchdowns, but they're all rushing touchdowns. He could get vultured like there's weird backdoor ways to get this. So I think this has a chance to cash uh, when, when put this way. Tony Robe said Eric Kendricks, helmet pops off more times than Greg Joseph field goal attempts. <laughs> I love this one. I adore this one. Uh, so Eric Kendricks, his helmet has popped off a very, very strange amount of times. We talked about it, I think, in mailbags here. I, I think a lot of it had to do with his hair. His hair is just puffy and big, and so it's, you know, it's putting extra pressure on the helmet. But he, like, braided his hair down in the last game, and his helmet still came off. So I think his helmet might just be, like, not fit right or something like that, but his helmet keeps popping off, like, a weird amount. Uh, and look, it, it, it's interesting that he put Greg Joseph field goal attempts. So extra points don't count, but it's not Greg Joseph misses or Greg Joseph makes. So all attempts count. So you're going to have to have, I mean, either a game where everything is a touchdown, which is totally possible, 
or a game where Eric Hendricks' helmet pops off like three or four times would be kind of crazy. Jake Smith says Justin Jefferson's receiving yards will be the mirror of C.D. Lamb's. For example, uh, Justin Jefferson gets 91 yards, Lamb gets 19. So I absolutely adore this because it's so weird and wacky, and you can do stuff like you get 54-45, right? Um, And it doesn't say who needs to be better than whom, right? So it's like, great, you're making a take without making a take. But basically, the take that this is is outside of some weird corner cases, the take is that neither of these guys go over 100, which is not that bold of a prediction. I mean, it's clearly bold enough because you have exact numbers in there. Um, So it's unlikely enough to hit for me to include it. And it's wacky enough for me to include it. But it is basic, like you, you cannot get these two guys over 100 because if somebody gets, you know, 123, well, now the other guy needs 321. That's impossible, right? So I, I absolutely adore that there is just a world where this one totally falls apart. Now, originally I said that I would like null it if somebody goes over 100. I'm not going to do that because it'll null itself. And honestly, if somebody, if you say get like 120 yards and then the other guy gets 021, you know, 21 yards, I'm giving that to you. So if if anybody goes over 100, you're in trouble, but the bet will still obviously be live. Um but good luck. Joel Erickson said, Brian O'Neill and CJ Ham will both have a receiving touchdown. Absolutely love it. So I uh, dislike that it seems like they're never going to uh, give Brian O'Neill a receiving touchdown. So here is a bit of news from the day. Um, they also, also some news of the day Ben Ellison went on uh, IR. So that's part of it, which is actually helps with the CJ Ham thing. Um, because that's, you know, one less like red zone guy that could possibly be leaking out of the formation like Chris Herndon did against the, the, the Panthers. Um, but yeah, Ellison on IR with a knee injury, he'll be out for at least three weeks. And that opens up a roster spot that could be given to a practice squad guy. Uh, we'll have to see. You probably know uh, more about how that happens than I do as I'm recording this Thursday night. Um, but so they've had all these fumble issues, right? lots and lots of fumbles and they had decent fumble luck but they fumbled way 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 too much and zimmer has was is on record saying like we're gonna do something about it so that the media actually caught him doing fumble drills where they all would carry the ball kind of back and forth across the sideline and, and another player would try to punch the ball out doing ball security drills but the o-line wasn't involved and that means brian o'neill wasn't involved and that means they don't have plays drawn up for brian o'neill so Rip to that, but hey, makes the prediction bold. Uh, Nate Miller says, this is the last one we're going to do. Kirk Cousins is going to have more rushing touchdowns than anybody on the Cowboys. Um, I love the backdoor idea of this one, because obviously it'd be insane if they just shut down the running game that much. But on the other hand, you know, it could just be all passing touchdowns. That's fine. Or it could be, you know, one's a Dak Prescott touchdown. One is a... Uh, you know, one's a, a Zeke touchdown, one's a Tony Pollard touchdown, and then Kirk Cousins sneaks twice and you get get it right. Like that's a super corner case, but it could happen. So I love the boldness of this. And Kirk Cousins has been scrambling around. He's gotten rushing touchdowns in the past. Like that's it's it's in the cards. I can see the world where it happens. It's just not a very likely one. And straddling that line between impossible and improbable is exactly what we're doing here with the bold predictions. One quick thing before we go. It's not really what I'm focusing on here. Um, because it's not going to change their game plan much, and it's definitely not going to change the Vikings game plan, but we don't know if Dak's going to play in this one. So yesterday, Marcus said he was pretty confident that Dak was going to play. The Cowboys seem pretty optimistic to me, uh, in the way that they talk to media and stuff. However, the betting line moved a ton. The Vikings opened up as two and a half point dogs in some places, three point dogs, I think in some places. And that's fine, but in some places they're like two and a half point favorites now. So that means it's moved five or six points. That's a huge line move. And that line move happened when 
all the media availabilities from the Cowboys came out. So something about that has really spooked the market. Now, I, I don't buy it. I think Dak's playing. And in fact, I might go hammer those Cowboys lines right now because if I could get Cowboys in the points, I don't know, from a gambling aspect, from a neutral aspect, that seems like a really good bet. Um, I would treat this game as a pick em in terms of uh, if if I were betting it. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what goes from there because I honestly have no idea how this one's going to go. I think it's going to be wacky. I think it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be one of those games that's defined by one or two big swingy plays in the middle of it um, that sort of seem to, to change the whole tide of everything, um, which is not that bold a prediction. Um, if I had to do a bold prediction, I will say that the Vikings get 50-plus yard touchdowns to both Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne. Yeah, let's do it. That's my bold prediction. Typing it out right now on the little document. And while I do that, thank you all so much for being the first listen of... Thank you all so much for making Locked on Vikings the first listen of the day. If you uh, want another listen for the day, you can check out Peacock and Williamson. They're doing the national thing. They'll probably talk about all the Deshaun Watson drama, probably talk about that crazy Thursday night game and all that. So go check that out. They're doing a great job over there. I will see you all on the other side of this. Happy Halloween. Enjoy the game. Be safe. And as always, skull.